Welcome to The Living Classroom, where we explore the daily living of three-stream Anglicanism. I'm your host, Alan Hughes. Welcome to The Living Classroom podcast. I'm here today with Robert Cook from St. Andrews Little Rock. He's been there serving as rector for eight years, been married for 25 with three kids. Uh, I count Robert as a good friend, and I'm just excited for him to be with us as we dive into sort of the depths of discipleship. So uh, today uh, on The Living Classroom, uh, Robert, um, just would you share with us a little bit about what it is that the Lord has been teaching you? Um, Just give us, first of all, sort of a 20,000-foot perspective on um, what that topic is, and then we'll dive into it. Yeah, Alan, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, I, I would say the theme of what I want to speak to today would be soul care. Um, you know, as a pastor, we spend so much time caring for the souls of everybody else. And it is so easy to pour all of ourselves into other people and neglect, uh, the work, the deep heart soul work that the Lord wants to do on us every day. Absolutely. I, I, obviously, the challenge for us day-to-day pastors is, uh, you know, there's an unlimited amount of things that we're called to do. And how do we actually care for ourselves? What does that look like? How do we keep those boundaries? It's it's a job. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, and, I, and I will just tell you, this whole, for the last five months, this whole coronavirus pandemic has, has really stirred in me uh, the need to go deeper. And, and I've realized that disruption is, is an opportunity for change. And so if I set out in March when this was happening, going, I, my soul was pretty depleted and the needs were growing around me. And so I thought, if I'm going to be able to stay in the game long term, I've got to do some things differently. And so I have been on this journey of uh, learning what it looks like to care for my own soul for the benefit of the Lord and others. Amen. Well, we'd love for you to share what that looks like, what that means. But my first question for you is, well, give us a, sort of your biblical framework. When we talk about soul care, no one's like, I'm against that. But help us understand, what does that mean from a scriptural perspective? What is God really asking of us? Um, how would you paint that picture? Yeah, that's a great question, Alan. The, the, the first verse that really that comes to mind is Proverbs 4.23. Uh, that, that we read, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Um, I truly believe that we live out of what's in our hearts, right? And, and, and if, we are, if we are not orienting or reorienting our hearts uh, around the Lord, um, we're going to be living out of a lot of disordered things in our lives. And so I've realized that if I'm going to engage people well, I've got to allow the Lord to engage my own heart and uh, be open to what the Lord wants to do in me uh, and the things he wants to show me about my own, my own heart. What is it, I mean, what, was it, what does it look like not to guard our heart? I mean, what would be the opposite of that, you think? And is that something you've experienced? Yeah, I, you know, I, I would say that um, I'm someone who can uh, have the tendency to pour into so many other people. And so I'm focused on everything out there and, and not guarding my heart is um, not being, not realizing the enemy's attacks, uh, putting, um, you know, a fence around it, if you will, that really I, I see that fence as God's word around it. Um, if I'm not, if I'm not being a man of repentance, 
um, recognizing areas of sin and, and, you know, as people would say, you know, disordered loves that I have, if I'm not, then those are going to run rampant. Uh, and, and I'm going to find myself really drifting from the Lord and trying to rely on my own strengths instead of seeing my weaknesses and relying on the strength of the Lord. Yeah. I guess when, one of the things I'm hearing is like, there's a challenge or there's a temptation for us to reduce this job of being, you know, in clergy, reducing it to some sort of mental thing or just a, a, a gifts or communication. And we just forget that it really is, you know, a spiritual battle. It's an emotional, I mean, there's just much more to it. And the guarding of your heart um, is critical. And, and again, I would say that I think I've reduced it to it like a head thing too often this job, you know, a mental pursuit yeah. or, a, you know, accomplish some tasks. So that's great. Any, anything else, anything else from scripture that jumps out at you? You know, I, Psalm 37, there, there's a lot of rich stuff in the, in the first seven verses, but um, as David writes, he says in verse three, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then later on, he said, be still before the, la- the Lord and wait patiently for him. One of the things that I've been learning to do is uh, experience what it really means to delight in the Lord. And um, when I'm opening my heart to him and to be present with him, um, there is a growing delight uh, just being in his presence that is satisfying and life-giving. That's good. So in a sense, not only guard your heart, but there's something about the desire of your heart that's important to the Lord and that's uh, jumping in there. That's great. Absolutely. That's, That's good. Anything else that you, any other scriptural reference that you would think would be helpful for us to yeah. reflect on? So, so one other is Hebrews 12, uh, one, through tr- one through two, that many are going to be familiar with, but uh, the author of Hebrews writes, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so closely clings to us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set out before us. That was verse one, but for me and, 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 and soul care guarding my heart, it's learning what those sins are that so easily cling to me. Those patterns that I just seem to stay in day after day. Um, it's yeah. coming to a greater awareness of those, bringing them before the Lord and allowing him to work in me through those. That's good. I jumped out to me as you're reading that is the job of laying aside every weight because in ministry, I mean, the amount of weight that is tempted for me to put on my own shoulders and how much weight I actually carry without even knowing it. How do I go about laying aside every weight? And and I would say the weight for, for people in ministry has only increased. Um, Even as churches aren't meeting necessarily today in, in public worship or gathered worship, there is a weight that I feel and that a lot of my friends in ministry feel on how do we do what we do in the midst of all this disruption and uncertainty. So there is a weight uh, that I believe the Lord wants to lift off of us. Okay. So let me say, so we, you know, let's say we're listening here and we're clergy. We agree there's soul care. We, we've gotten sort of the scriptural uh, understanding of why it's important. Um, Tell me practically what it is that you've been doing. What, what has helped? What have been any rhythms or habits that you um, would be willing to share with us, but also to recommend to others. Anything yeah. that 
what are those things that jump out for you? Yeah, Alan, Alan, it, when I, what comes to mind, there are four things that I love to speak to. And, and I want to preface it by saying um, I didn't dive into all four of these at once. Um, I just began knowing, God, I want to grow deeper in you. I, I want to lay off this weight and, and the sin that entangles and connect my heart with your heart in a greater way. So what's going to do that? So I began by really kind of, um, I would say, reframing or restructuring the time that I would spend in the morning when I would get up with the Lord. Um, I, I typically will get up and have, you know, I'm not legalistic about it, but I'll have about an hour that I just set aside. I, if I'm at my house, I go to a room where no one else is. When I'm here at the church, we have a prayer room that I go down to just to get away from distraction. And, um, you know, I, I used to spend that time often looking through the passage I was going to be preaching on that next Sunday and kind of letting that be a devotional time. But I, I've changed that because inevitably I'm thinking about what everybody else needs instead of what I need. <laughs> right. and so that time in the morning is a real focused time with me and the Lord, focusing on silence, learning what it means to be quiet and listen. Um, and I was, I first started doing it. I didn't realize how much I talked, how much of my time with the Lord was me dialoguing, but not listening. Um, but the Lord longs to speak to us. And so I, I have a long time of silence in there and yes, my mind wanders and I've got a, I've got a yellow notepad that I write thoughts that come on that. Oh, I got to call this person today. I write it down and I set it aside so that I can go back to silence before the Lord. Um, and then I meditate on a passage. Whatever I'm reading, I'll just spend time meditating on a word or a phrase that, that jumps out. Um, and then I spend a fair amount of time journaling. Um, for me personally, I, I sense the Lord speaking as I journal. Um, there's, there comes a lot of clarity as I do that. So that's, that's one thing that I, that I started to put as, as a regular rhythm uh, each day. So it sounds like you took your quiet time and you did a little evaluation. And in that evaluation, you realized, man, this is really an outward focused quiet time, Yeah, you know, which could be helpful. And those things are good, but that you really needed to come back and, and do it inside um, and to really say what, what's going on inside of me. And the second thing I heard you say, which I thought was pretty helpful, I wrote, I wrote it down for me, was that habit of saying, hey, and then when all the you know, cares or concerns of the world keep slipping in, I just write it down and say, I'll deal with that later. And so it's not like you went from zero to perfection. You, you catch yourself and you keep pressing in that direction. Yeah, so the Lord knows my mind runs all over the place. I mean, it, it just constantly going. And so I, 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 I'm fine with that. And, but it's putting myself to be in that place to listen um, and then set those distractions aside. What, what do you think led you to, to this sort of audit of your quiet time or evaluation? What, 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 made, what led to you saying, hey, this thing does need to change and I need to move back towards soul care? What, what initiated that? Yeah, a couple of things. One, I felt my heart was dry. I mean, I was really coming into this spring, honestly, physically tired, spiritually tired, and I didn't like that. And I knew something had to change. Uh, but I had a group of friends this last fall that I started meeting with. Actually, Kimberly and I, my wife and I were meeting with uh, a group of folks, and we began to talk about these kinds of things and what it means to care for our own souls or for our own hearts. And so I began to reflect back on things that we had been talking about in the fall going, I've got to begin to put some of that into practice because there, there've got to be some changes that I need made just in my spiritual life with the Lord. So if you catch yourself, you're dry or whatever, this is, this is, a, you're saying, Hey man, you need to reflect. Yeah. There's some ways to change things up to kind of yes. evaluate what you're doing. Yeah. God really does want to 
speak yeah. to our heart and connect to us in a real way. That's great. Absolutely. All right. What's uh, you, you mentioned four things. What's uh, what's the second one? So, so another one that I do is um, I'll stop in the middle of the day and just spend five, 10, maybe 15 minutes. Uh, and I'll read a Psalm from the daily office and I just pick one of them and I'll just spend time one, a few minutes, just quieting my heart before the Lord, all the distractions around me. I have to set aside to just come and be still again and quiet with the Lord and then just reorient my heart around his word. Um, because again, Alan, I, I'm someone who can find myself just, I spend that time in the morning and then I just shoot through the day with all my tasks and all the meetings and all the things on my list. And, um, I need to be drawn back to my dependence on the Lord, um, his love for me, his love for his people. So I, I will spend about five, 10, 15 minutes maybe, and just pray, read a Psalm and then, uh, jot a couple of things down. And then I pick back up in my day. And it makes it makes me think about, you know, the sort of the monastic orders, how they have these set times in the day where they stop and reflect, which leads me to a very practical question. Yeah. You say, just stop in the middle of the day. Do you, do you have an alarm set? It's on your calendar. Like literally. I, how, yeah. How you that, know, if, if you're a more if you're a more organized person than me, you'll set an alarm or put it on your calendar. Um, I have things on my desk that I will look over and glance at and go, OK, it's two o'clock. You know what? I'm feeling. I'm feeling a longing just to get just a drink from the Lord. And so I will you have cues stop. on your desk. There, there are cues that, on my desk that I'll notice and, and help and you. Okay. Yep. That's good. Yeah. Yep. Or, yeah. or they're kind of in, internal alarms. When I find myself uh, just going and going and going, I realize, you know what, even if it's three in the afternoon, let me stop right now and just reorient my heart to what the Lord is doing. And, and I'll tell you a great story. Just frankly, from this uh, that happened last week, um, I did this at about, I was probably one in the afternoon. I was reading Psalm 38. Uh, an hour later, I had a meeting with someone from our church and they came in and they were just sharing their story and, and things like that. And it was so incredible that as they shared what was going on in their lives, what God was doing, I was able to go, you know what, <laughs> let me tell you about Psalm 38. And it was just boom. And this person almost leapt out of their chair because the words from that Psalm so ministered to them. And so what was so cool is not only did the Lord minister to my soul in the middle of the day to be still, but I could take that and actually helps, you know, help someone else be fed with God's word in that way. Right. And this sort of that opposite effect, like, hey, I got to spend more time uh, with the Lord so I can be more fruitful in everything else versus I don't have time to spend with the Lord because I have so much else to do. Right. It's that sort of, you know, oxymoronic way of thinking about it. That's great. All right. Well, moving on. Um, what's the what's the what's the next one? So, so the third one is um, again. This isn't something that I came up with on my own, but it's it's to do what what Saint Ignatius would say is the daily examine. So, at the end of my day, um, either bef- you know before I get home, or it's often when I get in bed, I will just slow down and reflect back over my day. Uh, first, just spending time in gratitude, thanking the Lord for naming specific things throughout the day that I just saw the Lord's presence, whether it was something that went really well or was something that went south, you know, that was really hard. God's presence is in those. And so reflecting with gratitude and thanking him. um, And then um, I'll spend time on a couple of events during the day. And I'll look back and go, Lord, you know, what was being stirred in me when this happened? you know, or why did I respond the way I did when I met with so-and-so? 
Why did I become anxious? Why did I become fearful? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I spend that time and I ask the Lord and I bring it to him not to, you know, uh, put condemnation on me, but to say, Lord, help me know what's going on in my heart. Uh, what was going on there? What are the things you want to show me uh, about what you did in my life today? Um, and then I'll spend a few minutes just reflecting and, and just naming things that I can repent of uh, and then quickly receiving God's forgiveness. Uh, and then the last thing in that exam, and I, I kind of set my eyes for the new day. I say, you know, Lord, tomorrow's a new day. Uh, you are a God and your faithfulness is great and your loving kindness never ends. And so help me prepare for what you have ahead. So it's just a time to end the day, just again, acknowledging the greatness, presence, power, beauty, glory of God, um, but to also recognize what was going on in my own heart uh, so that I could connect my heart in a greater way with the heart of the Lord. That's great. So if somebody wanted to get into <clears throat> the Ignatian examine, is there a, a, a book? Is there, was there a person that brought you in? What is, what's a, is there any resources around that that would yeah. be? Yeah, so, so two, two resources. One is called The Ignatian Adventure by Kevin O'Brien. Okay. And um, it really walks you through these, what, what they would call the, the spiritual exercises. Um, and then another book uh, some of y'all might be familiar with is Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Cesaro. Um, and he'll take some of these principles and then others um, and, and incorporate those into how do we really care deeply for the work God's wanting to do in our, in our own lives. That's great. We'll, and we'll put those resources uh, and we'll post them at the bottom of this in the comments section as well. If anybody wants to get a copy of those. Um, and your last one, what's, what's your, your fourth one? Yeah, the, the last Peter one. Is, yeah. Well, the last one is really something I kind of stumbled into uh, as far as just a, starting out as a stress release. So the gym that I go to closed during this coronavirus <laughs> pandemic. And so where am I going to get exercise? Um, and so I just started walking every day. So I would walk four and a half, five miles and, um, I would do it, put my headphones in, listen to some music and go, or listen to a talk. Then all of a sudden I started thinking, you know what? That's an hour that I was just, one day I was just longing to spend with the Lord, just longing to hear. And so I took my headphones out, left my phone at home and just walked. And that began to develop into really a daily prayer walk for about an hour or I'll go, you know, four miles or so. Uh, and it's just me and the Lord. And so there's solitude. There's not anyone else around to, to distract. Um, and I do a lot more listening than talking. And I will tell you, that has been one of the most refreshing practices uh, that I have found. That has kept me going in, in a major way during all, all of this uh, disruption over the past five months. That's great. More listening than talking. More yeah. hearing. Yeah. That's... Uh, so that's so you're taking an hour in the morning with the Lord, roughly, and then you also have a prayer walk. You're doing the examine at night, and we're stopping in the middle of the day and reflecting on a a psalm or, or something like that. So this is this is as we look at your day. I mean, this is a commitment. I mean, this is this really shapes kind of. Is this like a result? Is this an kind of an Anglican thing? I, eight, eight years ago, you I know you came from the Presbyterian world and yeah. you knew Anglicanism. Are you bringing this with you? Is this something you've learned? How, how yeah. did this take shape? Alan, I love it. I love it. But I, I would say it is not something I brought with me. 
Um, it's something I think I, I said that word stumbled on. It's something that I came to love that I think that the Anglican way of life, these, these uh, different, different spiritual disciplines that many Anglicans practice has really opened my eyes and taken me deeper with the Lord. And that's what I really long for. I, I long for my life to be reshaped around his. And um, honestly, so this is something somewhat new in the last eight years uh, for me. But I'll tell you, as you know, as you just mentioned, those four things that I do in a day, um, it can sound maybe very overwhelming and going, oh, my, how do I even begin that? Or I'm not even going to try because I'm going to fail. But I can tell you, I started small and I don't do these perfectly every day. And, and at times I wondered how in the world uh, can I get other stuff done or will I keep this up? But can I tell you, I will tell you the greatest thing through this is I have, I, I feel like um, I have more life in me now than ever which is crazy. That's but you add things in and you think, uh, where's that time going to come from? Cause there's other stuff I'm having to let go of. Um, there have been things I had to let go of and I needed to, uh, but <laughs> you can hear it but, in your voice. You can hear life. In yeah. Your this, this, I will tell you, this has been one of the most life giving seasons for me. And these practices, um, again, because it's, it's ways to encounter the very presence of the Lord. Uh, and, and, and what I would say just real quick, Alan, is one thing that I've learned from this is, um, I've learned to receive and rest in more of the father's love mm. and spending time and rest with him, the father's love. There's That's nothing, there's nothing that can substitute for that. Amen. Well, as we close, the question I'm always asking is what, what's a, what's your closing thought, takeaway, word of advice or encouragement to clergy as they're thinking about their own soul care and, and guarding their hearts? Yeah, I, I would I would go back to, to Proverbs 4.23. Uh, above all else, he said that above all else, uh, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Uh, like I said at the very beginning, as pastors, we spend our lives giving to everybody else, uh, but your life is worth it. And the Lord longs to speak and reveal in, in some of the most profound ways you could ever imagine uh, to pour into his absolute love for you. Because it's the more we receive this, the more we have to give. Uh, and I really believe the great, the great privilege we have uh, is to bring the heart of God to those around us. But we've got to know that heart first with us. Amen, Robert. Thank you again for giving us uh, your time and sharing with us what the Lord's been doing for you. And thank you all for joining us on The Living Classroom. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for joining us today in The Living Classroom. For more information about The Living Classroom community, please visit us at thelivingclassroom.org. Until next time, blessings.